And welcome to episode 113, part two of Geeksters. I'm your host, Ed. I'm still your host, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> hi, everybody. Welcome back to the program. Or, if you're listening to episode two first, hi. How are you? <laughs> welcome to the show. Um, here in part two, um, in, it basically, I'll be honest, it's a big chunk of life, the universe, and everything in Erica. So if you're looking forward to the new releases... You might want to start downloading part three now. <laughs> um, reason why it took so long, well, not really. Reason why we kind of cut out the the releases is because we had not one but two special guests in. Mm-hmm. Erica for Light the Universe and Everything with Erica decided to bring uh, two doctors. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, the topic of discussion was um, for those people who didn't know um, or were too mesmerized by Kim Kardashian's ass in the news. We landed a probe onto a moving comet. Yeah. So Erica was kind enough to not only uh, get a geologist in the form of Dr. Terry, but also an astrophysicist uh-huh. in the form of Dr. Gray. Yes. He was on the phone. Dr. Terry was in the uh, in the studio with us to talk about you know this a momentous occasion and what it could possibly mean. And uh, as, you know, me being me, I had to, you know, throw a couple jokes in there. A couple <laughs> jokes I think worked pretty well. Um, I, you know, I was opposed to a couple questions that... Uh, was thought-provoking. Yes. I, and denials were put in. <laughs> People didn't want to say anything. Your host, well, your pal, Sean, put on his host cap <laughs> and portrayed host for the for the episode, this part of the episode, about asking questions, formulating opinions, having stuff regurgitated, dumbed down for the normal people like us. <laughs> when you're in a room of, with two doctors, you tend to kind of feel a little overwhelmed with big 25, even, dare I say, 50 cent words. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, I had to find a way to kind of translate what they were saying and then regurgitate it in Sean's speak. So that way I could understand it. And Sean speak usually refers to obscure references and maybe a dick or fart joke. You know, to try to dumb it down to the lowest common denominator so that way everybody understands what's going on. Yeah. So we hope you enjoy this fine program. And if you do, donate to PBS. Because <laughs> we ain't got shit time of that shit on the show. <laughs> so yeah we'll see you at the end of part two there kids and we're back way down below with your geekster pals i was trying to i was trying to cheesy uh you know waka waka morning wacky zoo intro forget it anyway yeah on a sunday night what morning radio works it's, it's, hey somewhere it's somebody's morning okay there. All it's right. like it's five o'clock somewhere in the world. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so there you go. Bite me, buddy. <laughs> but so much love. But you're listening to Geeks Just Live on AquanetRadio.com, iTunes Radio, Tuned In, and iHeartRadio. Just search Aquanet Radio in those apps. And we are back, folks. And you know what time it is. But uh, is judging by the, the judging by the hand motion she just gave us, are you ready? I'm ready. 
Okay, I'm just making sure that you know. I'm getting my shit. I got my shit together. All right. <laughs> okay, so it is time. <sighs> excuse me. Woo. There's no excuse. Time for, for some Beano. <sighs> Comfortability. Serial killer. I'll never let you go. <laughs> time for life. Universe and everything with her. Who's her? Erica. Thank you. We'll just bring the music down a little bit so I can say life, universe, and everything with Erica. I got my sip of water in. <laughs> Why, we special. don't know what the topic is, but I'm sure we'll find out soon. It's life, universe, and everything. With Erica! And we have guests in the studio and on the phone for why we don't know. Because it's time for life, universe, and everything with Eric. Oh. You were expecting someone else? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah, I don't get paid for this, by the way. (laughs) Nobody does. All right. Anyway. All right, Erica, so what do you got for us this week? So this week, I was really excited. I was, hey, so, I was so proud of humanity. Don't forget you have somebody on the phone. I will. All right. All right. Hopefully they're still there. Are you still there? I heard a, I heard a rustle, so oh yeah. Oh, my God. Hello? Penelope got to him. Yeah, he's still there. Okay, good. All right. I don't know if you he can hear us, but all right. Go ahead. Can you hear us? I can hear you. Okay, okay. good. Okay, okay, so what's the topic, Erica? All right, the topic this week. We landed a fucking thing on a comet. A was thing? It, was Is that, that a technical term? Shut wait, up. wait, wait. Was <laughs> that a lander? We landed a lander, and then I realized it was really redundant. Really? So. I was too busy looking at a Uranus all week. Uh, and by Uranus, I mean Kim Kardashian's ass. full moon. <laughs> no, it's one big. That's no moon. That's Kim Kardashian. That's the super, <laughs> that's the super moon. No. <laughs> All right, yeah. so yeah, Amidst I saw that. all Kim Kardashian's naked pictures online, yeah. we landed on a fucking comet, well, and I think that is we, amazing. I just want to clarify something. Yes. It wasn't us. It was England. I don't care. Humanity I'm, did it. I, I'm Humanity give credit where credit's due. Credit where credit's due. Humanity, people, smart people, scientists landed on a comet not literally so. them but they said i would something hope smart people it's not like we did it <laughs> like, like hey Ed, okay you How put a helmet on and i got this big giant slingshot and i'll just crank back i guarantee you angry birds work if it's humans i can get you around the earth what swang and it flies two feet and slams into the ground you know we'll get but back imagine, up we'll try it again just but didn't imagine have if it did work that'd be amazing He'd burn up on re-entry, but yeah, sure. It'd be a trick you can only do once. <laughs> pretty awesome fucking trick, though. You know, where are you? I'm circling the earth. It's a little warm. It's getting hotter. It's really hot. 
<laughs> my biscuits are bad. My biscuits are bad. Just tuck your head in. Just, just drop and roll. Stop. Bill Cosby always said, just stop, drop, and roll, man. That's not what's burning. <laughs> Send your ass, Harris. <laughs> Skip Told you to come down head first. But if I can't you go fast enough, you can go back in time. <laughs> <laughs> if I slingshot you around the, around the sun, I mean, it works for the Enterprise. It could work for you. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I think we could do it. All right, so we landed a... You go first, and then I'll follow. No. <laughs> so, um... The humanity, humanity has able to the smart people of humanity has able to land something on something else. Yes. All right. Yes. Impress me because I'm just All like, right. hey, okay. I thought it was pretty f- freaking amazing the fact that we landed <laughs> this little piece of equipment on a moving object in space. That's pretty fucking awesome. So what? Sure, I- kids have been throwing snowballs at moving cars for decades. I mean, <laughs> All right. I'm just saying. You I'm know, like, it, all it really takes is really good timing. <laughs> same principle. I, I think there may Just be a little bit more. Just hoping the didn't have their window down. Because that happened once to me as a kid. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm going to say, didn't we do this in the 60s? It was called Landing on the Moon. The, well, the moon kind of was kind of, yeah, I mean, it's, it's moves. moves. Yeah, it moves. But, go ahead. but this is real tiny. Okay. All right. Comparatively. Speaking. Comparative, yeah. Comparatively. So, especially with the vastness of space. Sure. So. Okay. Compared as fast as a Kim Kardashian's ass, but all right. <laughs> it's about the same size. Yeah. In, infinite in structure. <laughs> so go ahead. Although I think Kim Kardashian's ass has been uh, probed a little bit more. Um, thank you. <laughs> That's Ooh, it. That's all I, I got I can for hear the tonight. crickets from here. All right. So. Um, <laughs> crickets. What, how, like, when was this? We landed earlier this week, right? It was earlier this week. Yeah. It was. Hang on. I will give you. What the hell? Okay. All right. That's all right. Um, but yeah, it was early. <laughs> I told you, we're professionals. So, November 12th. Okay. That's when it was. So, so this, this article is so big that you not got one person in here. I got two. You got two. One in studio and one on the phone. Yes. Person in studio is? This is Dr. Dennis Terry. What's up, Doc? Oh! Uh, <laughs> Hello, studio audience. Like, he doesn't get that ever. <laughs> no. <laughs> and you're a doctor in? Geology. Okay. That's a study of rocks for you people yeah. like uh, me. Yeah. <laughs> and then on the phone is? On the phone is Dr. Richard Gray. Say hi. Hello. Dr. Gray. Are you Fifty Shades? Uh, ah! <laughs> huh? <laughs> I'm that's, going. I'm that's gone. private. I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> waka waka. Sorry, Fozzie Bear would have, I would, I would have got my comedy card revoked on that one. Yeah. Okay, and Doctor Gray, what's up? And what are you a doctor of? Particle physics, astroparticle physics. And I think you are the officially dumbest person in the room. <laughs> It's not me, thank you. I'm second. I'm like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> that makes me the all third smartest person. Get us off the air. Sure, I'll just, I'll just pull a plug. I'll just pull a plug. I'll, I'll hope for the best. <laughs> Getting us back on the air would be kind of a tricky. It'll be here a lot of this. <laughs> We're going to come in next week. The entire room will be burnt out. <laughs> all right, well, so... Okay, so 
because this is kind of like big news. I didn't want to just go through like, oh, yeah, so we landed on a comet, you know, blah, blah, blah. So that's why I contacted Dennis and Richard and asked them if they would be willing to come on and talk about it, obviously, from two different perspectives. Um, because I want to get into more of the how the fuck did we manage to do this and what what could it possibly mean for the scientific community and for us as a a as humanity what could it what implications could it have <laughs> really we got fucking <laughs> track now sorry no 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 no, no. wait a second flag on the flag I wanted to try it out. I wanted to see if it worked. I was curious because a couple weeks ago I was thought about getting a studio audience, and I'm like, I just just Googled sound, you know, sound snap, and then you're the same person who once told me you didn't want to be a soundboard show. I, I uh, yeah, I did, but you know, good crowd laugh could work if we got a punch of a joke, especially with Ed. <laughs> get that going, get that I don't know. That was a pathetic laugh. Yeah, I know. It was like a pity laugh. <laughs> there you go. Is that better? Go. All right. Better. Sorry. All right. Anyway. Uh, so, two people. Rock on two a moon. People. Rock on a moving meteor. Was it a big meteor or a small meteor? Well, it was a comet. A comet. Sorry. It's already in there. Right now, I just got the look from the geologist going, really? <laughs> <laughs> You'll fail. <laughs> All right. You have to retake his class. So, it's a comet. Yeah. It's a comet. And how fast was it moving? Thirty, forty thousand miles per hour, I think. There you I go. Remember. Okay, and the probe that landed on it um, was how big? About the size of a washing machine. Really? Yeah. Okay. And, That's where my washing machine went. And the exactly. comet was how big? Would you say? That I don't remember off the top of my head. I think it was four kilometers. Well, that's not too. Big. Oh, dude, you need to dumb it down for the American audience. One point six one kilometers per mile. It's a little over five. It's like closer to six miles. Okay. All right. So you landed a we landed a washing machine on something the size of Rode Island? Actually, uh, a Rhode Island. Actually, a third of Rhode Island. I'm going to find it. There, there actually is like Manhattan a, Island. Oh wow! Look at that. Yeah, there's an infographic that shows you, like comparatively speaking, how big it is. Okay. So now the either one of you doctors can pipe in at any moment. By the way. Um, how significant so, was this? Um, from as a, far as diff- well, I'll let I'll let you go. Well, I'm just thinking. Um, first off, I'm gonna just go, I'm gonna take a step closer to Mars. Uh, a couple of years ago, when we put the latest Mars rover up there on the planet, and we put this rover into something this a crater on Mars. We aimed it from Earth, circled it around the planet a couple of times, and shot it towards Mars, and actually bounced it into the crater. And that was impressive. This was like the world's best golf shot. Um, to be like hitting a golf ball from Philadelphia and landing it into a uh, hole-in-one in Los Angeles. Um, nice. And yeah. so this was probably, I don't know, I would say a thousand times harder and a lot more impressive. This would me. be the equivalent of shooting um, torpedoes into a two-meter-wide exhaust <laughs> port to help the Death Star blow up. Would that be correct? Thanks, thanks for, thanks for if this was a Womp Rat, this is the mother of all Womp Rats. There you yeah. go. See, you gotta so. keep it. Right now, the nerd audience went. We understood that. We didn't have to dumb it down for us. We knew womp rat, two meter wide. We got it. All right. Okay. So, why are we on that comet? Just because we can, or was there an actual scientific reason for it? It was there. Well, yeah, it was there. No, actually, the um, 
the reason we went to this thing, and then Richard, chime in any time because I'm thinking about this from the geological point of view and not from the astrophysics point of view. Um, but from the yeah. geological point of view, one of the things we're curious about is where did all the water on our planet come from? And these things are basically dirty snowballs, and we think of them as some of the leftover stuff from when our solar system first coalesced billions of years ago. And so if we can get onto this thing and start analyzing its chemical composition, elemental composition, isotopic composition, we can learn a lot about the history of our planet. Because one of the things we're really curious about is, yeah, where'd all this life come from? And there are organic molecules. Right. There's an idea of something called panspermia to where it's some of the building blocks or some of the stuff that sort of kind of kick-started life on our planet. So hold you right there. Get him on that mic. Trying to get your attention. Yeah. Uh Is that better? Yeah, Yeah, that's way better. Do I I repeat everything? No. 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 Okay. You're just fading in and out when you're speaking. Just like one of my lectures at university. Okay. All right. So everyone's asleep. Great. Um, That was our audio representation of some of his students. (laughs) (laughs) You fail. Um, No, but it's the whole idea of panspermia. I mean, how many... He said sperm. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I gotta keep Wait, it funny. Do we? <laughs> I gotta keep it funny. <laughs> Does the genesis of some of life on our planet, or life in general, have to do with organic molecules coming in from outer space? And so, by looking at this comet, we're actually looking back in time at some of the earliest formative, pardon the pun, elements of our solar system, of our planet, and the the fact that we've landed on this thing, two hundred and some million miles away, thirty some miles an hour, a washing machine on a comet to now do sampling. Unfortunately, I'm not sure how much everyone knows in the studio audience, but... uh, Assume we know nothing. Well, about the machine itself, the probe, it's dead. Yeah, it ran out of... um, Yeah, juice. They posted... um, Fill this back for a second. The power supply depleted. Um, It's entered a hibernation period, um, but uh, from what I read, they do have solar panels, so as soon as it can get charged, it may come out of it, but they don't know when that would be. So it's one of those things where we we slingshot uh, a probe onto a moving comet, as impressive that is, by the time it lands, it goes... Shit, I'm tired. I can go to sleep. (laughs) Yeah, like, holy crap. Did you just see what I just did? You know the odds of that happening? I'm beat. (laughs) Needs a nap. And now we have to wait for it to recharge its batteries? Well, hopefully the comet, as it spins and turns, will actually... Oh, I think Richard wants to jump in. Richard. Oh, I just wanted to point out that uh, this isn't just something we recently put up. This thing's been in space for 10 years. Oh, how come we just know it's going to be now? This is just how difficult it is to try and hit a comet. They sent this thing into space 10 years ago and have been trying to time everything perfectly to collide with this thing as it's coming back towards the sun. Oh, okay. So it wasn't like, hey, we're taking this opportunity to try it once. It was, it's out there, and now we have to kind of angle the trajectory. So if if, uh, going to the moon was like, you know, shooting the basketball into a hoop from the free throw line, uh, get hitting this thing was like going to the moon. So okay. it's pretty impressive they could time all this stuff and get all that stuff, you know. Well, now, out and then, from a astrophysicist yeah. point of view, how significant was this encounter for your side of the camp? Well, like... <laughs> Like we've you've already heard, um, getting data from this thing will 
help people understand where life on the planet actually came from. So this thing, getting on this thing and getting data from it is kind of like finding a fossil because this is something that was formed in the very early stages of our solar system. We think it probably hasn't changed very much since that time. And so if you can get onto it and see where all these chemicals and things came from that later on ended up in the Earth's atmosphere when comets collided with Earth when the Earth was forming, you can get a better idea of where all the organic chemicals came from that make up us today. Okay, so nice. it so in essence, what you're saying is, just so I can keep make sure I'm keeping up with the conversation, is that the stuff on this comet closely, hopefully, closely represents some of the primordial primordial ooze that was on the Earth at the time after that killed off the dinosaurs and helped us possibly be oh, long 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 before the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, okay. stuff, even the dinosaurs are made out that's of. right we're talking oh. building blocks they here crawled out of the water the that's true bug, right because the of first the bang yeah. yeah bacteria in a sneeze that was mm-hmm. everything everything so this could help unlock the secrets of our creation or my exactly. life the universe and everything. everything. Yeah. yeah. It brought us to this 42. moment. I really I always thought it was just forty two. <laughs> By the See, way, it's a joke everyone in the room got. <laughs> Score for Sean. And like three people listening. <laughs> By the way, I did just post I found a size comparison of sixty seven P, the comet that we landed on. Um, How come it doesn't have a real name? Like Bob. <laughs> Bob the Comet? Yeah. Or Seymour. There'd be Seymour a lot of Bobs up there, I think. You'd run out of names pretty quick. <laughs> I mean, shouldn't, like, I guess it's not like stars where if the person who discovers it gets to name it. Or if you pay a company like 50 bucks, you it's get to name it. It's the same star. I'm telling <laughs> you, it's always the same star. <laughs> that star right there is named after me. And then there's hey, three. it's named after me too. Yeah, that's what I said to my fifth wife. <laughs> So, I mean, how come it doesn't have, like, an official, like, you know, like, whatever, Betty Lou Who, the comet? It should be Betty Lou Who, the comet. Oh, sure. It was it the first, was, second year I put make a wild guess. It was probably discovered in some big telescope program that found, like, thousands of them. Oh, okay. So, more like the computer got to name it after its serial number. Yeah, it's favorite random number. Okay, I gotcha. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. So now, what's next for this comet and its me at this washing machine size probe? Nothing if it doesn't get any sunlight. See, that sounds like he's making a little stab at you, aerophysicists. Yeah, there, <laughs> that that's kind of one of those like if you guys did your job, you it'd need still some be running. For that? No, no. <laughs> All I, I got, my physicist I mean, colleagues. my rock was there. You guys missed the mark plenty of times to the point where now we're landed. It's kaput. So my rock ate your satellite. No. <laughs> you're going to go to work tomorrow and you're going to come out with flat tires. <laughs> just what it's done, just with what it could do right before it went to sleep was just an amazing amount of data. People are probably going to write papers about for the next 10 years. No, this is and something it I does happen to wake up again. You'll get even more. Now, Richard, this is something I haven't heard about. What sort of instrumentation did they have on this thing? And I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this. I don't want to get too nerdy, 
Um, but what do they have on what do they have on this probe? Do you know? Uh, I don't know a lot of detail because it's my exact field, but I think they had some spectrometers. Uh, spectrometers mm-hmm. so you can get uh, the particles in, like little tiny dust particles in. Mm-hmm. You can tell by the peaks in the the spectra that comes out of them when you shine certain types of light on it. What what exactly what kind of molecules it is? I think they had something on there where they could. Uh, no way. Try and figure out what the center of the comet looked like. Um, we're actually looking at a list so of some I of the stuff they've the got on here. Um, there's actually a list that Erica has said that she's found uh, that was on this thing. Um, they've got an atomic force microscope to look at some of the dust particles. They've got a magnetic mass spectrometer. Um, secondary ion mass analyzer. Whoa. So, well, what's what's getting you're all like you're all like whoa that's awesome like, like yeah. what is it? Um, I'm sorry, yeah, I'm, I'm, right. I'm in Geekland over here right that's now. That's perfectly fine, but share um, with the class. All right, very good. <laughs> Take notes. We'll be on the exam. Um, one of the things I'm looking at, which really has my interest, is that uh, basically what they've got is some very powerful microscope type instruments on this, to where they can look at some of the, the dust particles that are entrapped inside of the ice, because these things are basically just dirty snowballs. And so by looking at some of the particles of rock and dust that are on this thing, you're looking at some of the initial like <clears throat> particles, the stuff that coalesce to make planets. Wow. And so here it is in its unaltered form in a deep freeze for billions of years, still pristine. Just like, you know, when you take your chicken nuggets out of the freezer and they're still nice and fresh, you can open them up and poof, digest your findings. Wow. Yeah. All right. So now this is, again... Because I, we have this thing. We have basically uh, what amounts to a tick on a giant pet rock. For the most part, it's size relationship, <laughs> okay. and that information is being supplied to you guys via, I'm sorry, some sort of satellite um, signal. Text well, I'm not saying you know. It's not like there's R two D two going beep beep boop 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 boop. You know. What's that mean? I'm going to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that funny, man? <laughs> no, I think the, I think it's went down the wrong pipe. Yeah. He, he's breathing. He's at drinking. The same time. Um. So now, because it went to sleep, when it wake, if it if and when it wakes up, will all that information be like lost, or will they have more at the time? Like, I'm kind of I'm kind of like looking at it from an aspect of if it's asleep, it's not collecting any data. Or is it? I, I'm assuming it is not collecting any data whatsoever if it has no power to uh, to do anything. And, um, and another question I had, what's the trajectory of this comet? Because I would, like, when you're a kid and most people think comet, they, most people associate to Halley's Comet, mm-hmm. where it only passes by the Earth every 75 years. This comet, is it kind of like a local comet that swings by around every, like... Is it from the neighborhood? Yeah, I mean, like... <laughs> is it visiting from out of town? Like, I'm, a visualing, I'm visualizing a comet leaving our solar system, and, you know, in a couple of years it comes back. Or is it one of those every, like... Like the t- one from the summer that burned up when it went I saw. Right, yeah. like, does it, does it kind of make laps around us more frequently than something like Halley's Comet? Or is it... Because if... If that probe was up there 10 years ago and it took 10 years for them to get the the landing on it, was that because it wasn't around 10 years ago or was the probe kind of in tandem with the comet and had to wait for certain moments for the ability to link up? 
hold on for a second. I think I just, I just got lightheaded there. What? I'm like, that was a legitimate question. Sean needs a nap now. Holy <laughs> mackerel. <sighs> I need to get back to the dick and fart jokes quick. <laughs> hold on. So, uh, Dr. Gray, what are your yeah. opinion on that question? So, I don't know the details of this uh, comet's orbit. But I, I think part of the time when that it was the, out in space, it was like circling around Mars and doing all sorts of crap, just trying to line up precisely when that comet was going to come by. So I, I don't know all those exact details, but uh, all right. I probably have to look them up. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. I, I do realize it was kind of a question that might have required a little bit of homework that you didn't, you didn't know how much detail you were going to have to get into. It's, we've, 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 we, well, you got to understand. My homework. We're we're kind of um, we pride ourselves in being more of an improvisational kind of show. You kind of never know where it's going to go at any given moment, so you almost have to be prepared for everything and expect nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true, um, Richard. Let me ask you this. So, um, mm-hmm. with actually, let me turn this real quick, and I'll hand this to you. Sorry, Dennis fell into a, a Google hole. Um, <laughs> so with something like this, so, you know, this this probe went up 10 years ago and it just now landed um, on 67P. Hypothetically, like if that if this is something that we wanted to do on a regular basis for, you know, whatever is like, would we need that 10 year sort of lead time in order to be able to do it? Or could we be like, oh, there's a comic coming in a year and just kind of. Like, how much preparation would we actually need to be able to pull this off again? There, there is a massive amount of preparation. Like, we used to do experiments where we would put equipment out in the desert that was like, you know, five-hour drive from us. And there, you'd still have to do a lot of preparation because you're putting equipment out there. And if something goes wrong, you can't go over there and fix it. This isn't just something that's a five-hour drive away. It's 10 years. Uh, just to put something into space, you have to freeze the type of technology you're going to use. I forget the exact number, but I think it's something like five years before the thing even goes up. So this is something that probably was being planned for almost a decade before they even shot it up into the into the space. So yeah, so it's not like they had like a warehouse full of them, just, <laughs> right? Yeah, you don't just do it on a whim, like, oh man. <laughs> Hey, there's a comet coming by. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> you really gotta, you really gotta plan it out. Well, well, here's here's a question I've always been curious about: How many comets wing by the Earth on a on like a day to day kind of like? Is it like a super highway of comets going by us? Because every other week I almost feel like, hey, here's a, here comes a comet, or hey, we ne- we narrowly missed there's, we narrowly missed slammed by a comet the size of Texas, you know. Um. You're, we're in a shooting gallery. If you actually saw maps of all the known objects that we have found, both asteroids, comets, uh, what we call near-Earth objects, um, you would have kittens. It's amazing how much crap is floating around us. No, 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 no. Don't talk about that. People will start thinking we're about to die. Well, that me- well there's always He's that- going to break the internet. What? <laughs> uh, no, no. I'm, I'm a firm believer that we, like any moment... When Mother Earth decides our time is up, our time will be up. Yeah. And I'm talking about on a global scale, mm-hmm. not on an individual scale. Yeah. 
We've seen now by them just going, you know what? I'm kind of tired of this. Let's send a tsunami to wash everybody. I call it natural selection. You know, so I mean, at any given moment, there is a there is a comet or a meteor or something winging its way like a hundred thousand years from now that we're in its path of its super galactic highway. Mm-hmm. For all we know, there could be a little green man that says Earth is in the way of him blocking his view to Venus. In other words, you know? <laughs> Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is real. We are going to get plowed down for an interstellar highway. I, I do. Sooner or later, it's got to happen because the odds are like they're so astronomical. But it, it's eventually going to happen because the universe but is that, always that, that, that. the universe is always expanding and growing. And always, we don't know what's yeah. out there that's coming our way because we don't have the knowledge or the technology to predict that. We can take a good guess. We actually, I mean, we're we're trying to map out the skies and where this stuff is right now. We have near-Earth object programs um, funded by our government to actually search the skies. And it's it's appalling how few eyes we have actually looking out into the solar system. Um we're finding objects all the time that are whizzing by as things that have never been seen before. And just think back to last February, last March, when was it that above Russia, they had that air blast of that object that came through. It was awesome. And from like a (laughs) geological point of view, we're sitting there like, Oh my, this is wonderful because here we have rocks from space coming down on top of us. And of course everyone thinks about the Tunguska event back in 1906 and something of this magnitude. Everyone. Yeah. I'm just saying. I mean, that's, as as he said, that's the first thing I thought of. Yeah. Yeah. Right there. Wow. Well, we're the like in thinking about Tunguska. It's like, hey, wow. Um, and, of course, one of the big things we think about is, you know, what can we do? Do we have a Bruce Willis we can send up in outer space and deflect this thing in time and blow it up? But I, yeah. I, I prefer the Ben Affleck, but all right. Well, okay, fine. Prefer, you know. fine. Big drill, bomb. Gotcha. Yeah. I don't know. I think I would prefer Bruce Willis. I think he, he would scare... The asteroid away. All right. Just by giving it a look. Yeah, but Ben Affleck, you'd have that cool Aerosmith theme song playing in the background. <laughs> With Bruce Willis, what do you get? Him singing, uh, you know, one of his songs. You know? That narrows it down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait. Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck were in the same movie. But we're saying, yeah, but at the end, Bruce Willis stayed behind and let Ben Affleck win. I would have preferred Ben Affleck to be, you know, the. He- I mean, he was just as much a hero as Bruce Willis, yeah. but because Ben Affleck was in love with Bruce's little girl, he was like, no, no, I want my little girl to be happy. I don't want to close my eyes. Yeah, stop singing to me. <laughs> Who sings that? I did right there. <laughs> uh, you know, this whole, but this whole comment landing on a comment thing kind of reminds me of... Comment landing on a comment? That's right. Reminds me of... That's uh, how good we are. Star Trek, the, the motion picture, where V'ger's going to come back now. Well, that's my <laughs> next Star- thing. <laughs> like, at what point does this thing become a sentient being and says, you know what? Um, here's the problem. Humans. <laughs> you ditched my ass on a comet. I'm here to kill you. And, and, and the only way to make to ensure the human race to be perfect is by wiping you out. That way, you guys can't kill each other. You know, <laughs> I'm expecting what's P... P... P67? P67? 67P. 67P is going... Is Ultron... In like a thousand years from now, it's going to land and go, no strings on me. And then just wipe us all out. Well, if you're worried, it, every six and a half years it comes around. So okay. every six and a half years I have to worry about the comet coming back with an attitude. All right. Yeah. All right. So. so now, but with all those comets and rocks winging by us, yeah. how come, like, 
Erica kind of started leading on, you know, like the whole, like, why aren't we mass producing these, you know, um, probes and just shooting them up and, mm-hmm. and hoping for the best. I mean, well, I'm not hoping for the best, but I meant like hoping. Did we get it? No. Like, wrong with another one. Well, like with all these different com- comets going by, I mean, as much as they're um, frozen snowballs, mm-hmm. there's also, I'm willing to assume that not every frozen snowball is identical to the one before it. Interesting idea. Interesting hypothesis that we should test. You know, that's my like. We look at me. Yeah. It's like yeah. a snowflake. No two snowballs are. I mean, like. you, because I mean, theoretically speaking, just because one comet's coming from this way, another comet can come from the exact opposite direction, and 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 encountering completely unknown stuff that we've never known of or seen of. So that's what I'm trying to think of. Like, why aren't we doing it more often by trying to get? as much data as possible. Well, you give me $20 million, I'll throw it up in the okay, space, this, and there you go. But this kind of goes back into the whole, like, NASA being, you know, kind of the, the funding for that kind of getting its plug pulled. Yeah. Pissed me off, considering my uncle helped put a man on the moon. Yeah. Like, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, we should be, why aren't we funding this more? Like, why are we letting, and granted, I understand we are the human race, so anything that we can do to help humanity there's a little hometown pride I kind of want to have. Like, yeah, it's great that England was partly responsible for that. But then Russia's got their nice space program. Japan's got their own space program. It seems to be like we're the kind of we're the the we're the nation that kind of goes, hey, you know what? I really don't care that much about space when we should, because mm-hmm. sooner or later, one of our jobs is to if we want to keep our. The best thing about humanity is our constant capacity to want to learn and to want to discover. Why are we not working harder to get our asses off well, of the planet? Well, that's why there's privatized, you know, air. Uh, uh, yeah, which space. flew up though. Well, yeah. There's two of them, but My, it's another yeah. story. But hey, lesson learned. But the the point hey, is, is the fact, <laughs> But that's the thing is, is that the government's not funding anymore. It doesn't mean the Americans have stopped trying to achieve that goal. Gotta be honest, I still there. I think there's. I would say that the. Um, the American space program versus the rest of the world space program is, you know, is handled by a few really smart people and really know, got their shit together. But then there is the guy on the couch going, yeah, who what's playing today? <laughs> like, there's no, like, okay, I'm 44. Right. But I still, like, my, like I said, my uncle was in NASA during the space race, like the pole, he helped put a man on the moon. There was that moment where Kennedy stood up and said, you know what? Man on the moon in 10 years. Why don't we have... Well, I see the end of the decade. Well, the end of the decade. decade. But, I mean, it was one of those things, like, why don't we have... What happened to the American spirit? Because the Americans don't care anymore. Say, when, yeah, this, when, the, when, the, when the space shuttle went up, everybody... It was one of those events that everybody stopped and watched <laughs> television. I can remember when I was a kid and at, at school watching the challenger go up and explode i mean it was one of those moments you'll never forget when you were a kid right but it's like as, as time went on and they found out the space shuttles were unsafe and they were retrofitting them and it's going to cost like billions of dollars for them to do this it was like all right you know what since since it's going to be tax money that's coming out of our pockets i really don't care if that space shuttle goes up again or not you know at this point i, I guess know? it's i guess it's my inquisitive nature i'm willing to Forgo the money aspect. Yeah, of it. kind of go. You know what? If my taxes are at this point, you know what? It, well, that's the same. It's, the it's for the greater the good. The government does give incentives to those companies that are building those those spaceships to get us back into space, doing the space race. 
I mean, they, they're all there's been talks that they want to get back to the moon. I mean, you know, the, the I think we should. Yeah, I mean, no, we totally should. And and the thing too is like when you you know when you're talking about innovations and you're talking about breaking new ground, which this is that's what we're doing. We're breaking new ground. I mean, you know, space and deep water. Like those are the two areas we really don't know that much about. You know, but. You know, when you start talking about this, like, yes, unfortunately, there are going to be casualties. I mean, when we started flying, I, you know, I mean, granted, airliners, relatively speaking, are pretty freaking safe, you know. But, yeah, the the I, I was just watching a thing today. Um, there was the Comet airliner had a major de- design flaw that was bringing them down and it was square windows, you know. So because like at the corners, right. it creates stress. Right. You mm. know, so that's where the cracks were forming. That's what was bringing these planes down. Let so, it learn. By the way, Move there is a name for Comet 67P. And it is? It is Churyumov Gerasimenko. You know what? No I may one, have just butchered that. No wonder why they're calling it 67P. <laughs> it was dis- because those are the two people who discovered it in 1969 uh, uh, in Kazakhstan. Right. So there you go. It, it look, it's, it's it's Cecil Comet. <laughs> Cecil. 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 Cecil the Comet. Very British name. It's, you know. <laughs> Hello, I'm Cecil. Just passing through saying, hey, cheerio. I'm just going to be on my way. Part of my tail. <laughs> what was that that just landed on me? Felt like a net. <laughs> Blimey, it's the size of a washing machine. <laughs> Sorry, I'm now. Now I'm in my. Yeah, now we need that laugh track. <laughs> Sorry, now I'm in my own little head, seeing a like a, a car's version of a meteor, of a comet with the eyes and the screen. It's like, whoa, what was that? Just kind of talking to nobody, you know. Coming next year from Disney, <laughs> Cecil, Cecil the, the Comet. comet. <laughs> Cheerio, mate! Just winging on through the universe, oh, my, my own business. <laughs> So things anyway. that keep me awake at night, I guess, you know. <laughs> so what's next, I guess? You know, like do we just wait around for and hope for the best or are we going to not necessarily more st- washing machines into space. Yeah, I mean like okay, you know this I can is, volunteer mine. It's kinda like it's it's almost kinda like the end of Bad News Bears, this story, because it's all great and it's, it's, a, it's a little engine that could and they're all great and all and you think there is a possibility of it being great and then they lose the game at the end. Spoiler. Yeah. But, it, you know, and you're just like, oh, well, there's always next year, fellas. Are we going to do it again with, like, another comet? Or are we just going to hope? It's like, was this, like, a one-shot deal? Either or? Anybody? No idea. I have no idea, but I, I would be willing to bet that depending on what kind of data they get, they would probably be trying to send another one off at some point. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, well, now I got some really... Instead, I got the two of you in the room. It's almost like a captive audience. <laughs> Aliens, no. yay or nay? <laughs> I mean, my, okay. It's wonderful to see you all. <laughs> Speaking of aliens, no. I'm just saying, because my, 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 like I said, one of the questions my dad always asked my uncles was, was there life out there in the universe? Like, aliens. Mm-hmm. My uncle basically said, it's mathematically impossible for us to be the only ones out there. Predator lives on Mars. Huh? Predator lives on Mars. Well, I'm just saying, like, from, from other two professional experiences, from what you've seen or from what you've read, whether, I mean, all the unclassified stuff, you know, we don't want some <laughs> black, you know, black copter to come winging in, you know, you get carted <laughs> off by a bunch of guys in men in black suits. And you Suddenly just hear, the phone goes dead. You just hear, <laughs> you're happy place. You just, a blank, we're like, and so we're back. You know? 
today we talk about Kim Kardashian's ass. You know, like speaking of aliens. You know, so so like how close I mean, I mean theoretically, is it possible? Kardashian's Fun ass word. or what? Well, the, <laughs> wow, they are, wow, this is great. No, this is great. Question. Yeah. I, you know what? I'm going to say... There's aliens on Kim Kardashian's ass. Is that what you're asking? I'm saying deniability is an answer in itself, so, Ed. That's true. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> the truth is out there. The, they, they're neither you want to con- see aliens, just go over to Tyler's uh, campus. They're <laughs> neither confirming nor denying. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> say I mean, no, Say no more. I mean, as a geologist, you have had, got to have seen some some sort of rocks, formations that go, mm-hmm. yeah, this isn't from around here. You know, is that plausible to say that? According to the History Channel, it is. According to the History Channel. According to History, that guy's hair keeps getting taller and taller. I got out of the shower and Ancient Aliens was on and I'm going, I love that show. Where the fuck is my remote? I love that. That guy is awesome. Sorry. So then, I'm sorry. So, what's the question? That 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 there are possible, possibly life out there somewhere, or that we've been visited by life. I, you know what? Or... I, and then I'll, we'll take in small doses because okay. I know. I mean, because I'm a realist. I'm like, mm-hmm. if someone were to confirm like yeah, aliens have been on this planet, that's going to throw a little curve into most people's religious beliefs. And we're trying to, you know, like I kind of feel like the once you once you confirm, yeah, little green man or little gray man or. ET People looking things. are going to shit bricks. Yeah, I do think it, it would it would collapse a certain point of people's moral compass. I do think there'll be a lot of people just curled up in balls, going, mm-hmm. "This is not possible." There mm-hmm. will be people literally with blown up heads. Looking forward to the day. So am I. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I can't wait for the. I hope I'm around long enough for that moment where yes. an alien lands and goes, "Yeah, what's up? <laughs> We've been watching, and we gotta say, you guys are the most." Fucked up people in this universe. And trust me, we've seen a lot. I am telling you, the reason we don't we have no confirmation of aliens is because they drive by Earth and they're like, roll up the windows, <laughs> lock the doors. I always I've that's, always believed that. That's, that's been my theory died. since day one. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of going, yeah, they've been here, but they know it's like, yeah, you know what? There's good block, bad, bad block. Good planet, bad planet. Like, you know We we are the planet. That you just avoid. Yeah. You go the extra 100 light years to go to the good target. I, I mean, I truly do believe that. Because I just think that, like, no way would a, senti- a sentient, intelligent being want to make contact with us just by our history alone. Because if we don't, if because if, the first thing humanity does, if they don't understand it, they want to kill it. And after that, they want to fuck it. You know, so, like, and after that, they want to cook it. Yeah, so, so they can't go fuck it or cook it. They want nothing to do with it. it. It doesn't exist. So I do think that that there is that there's a, a, a massive amount of people that just don't want to grasp that concept that it's possible because it would break the fabric of our society in a way. So I do think you know, like Alan's are just kind of going, yeah, that place is really creepy. You know, did you hear that song they played earlier? Freaky. You know, let's just keep going. That's just no... assume they have a prime directive of their own. Yeah. My anaconda don't want none of that. You know, just keep going. So, all right. Now, but as far as, what about another planet? Oh Solar system. They're just not right, are they? Right. Um, Yet I keep coming back. No. Um... Mars. I think that would take one. Little green okay. men speaking. Oh, okay. No one. Um, you didn't think I'd pick up on it, did you? 
we have that kind of connection. I've known. How long have I known you? Uh, like too long, apparently. Years, right? How long? But, like almost fifteen. Because no. it was like right after. No. It was when I was in college. Yeah. Yeah. What year did you graduate? Two thousand five. It was least before that. Uh, no. Yeah, it was okay. before that because uh, at I was least working at AC Moore, uh, and that's when Patty came into the knitting circle. It's been a 12 years. So it was like 2003. Years. Okay. Do you, do you think they so remember yeah, like they're on air? Yeah, everybody just hold on out there. We're having a moment. <laughs> like, remember that, Patty? She's yeah. like, the person and this and that. Like, wow, right now Patty's yeah. going, what the hell? That never happened. <laughs> Patty's sitting at home going, just you two idiots, wait. <laughs> See, when I get my own radio program, I want to talk to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. You have how many listeners online right now? It's dropping exponentially. <laughs> We're down to three. Yeah. One of them's Richard. <laughs> I don't know. If we're going to find life out there, go to Mars. Not anything modern. Um, the reason I say this is if you look at Mars from above. Um, it's round. It's round. It's red. Get and there used to, to be. Mars. It, it looks like Kim Kardashian's. No. Um, <laughs> but it's it's got features on it that would suggest there could have been life. All right. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm always down for the ability for life being on other planets because, again, mm-hmm. theoretically, mathematically, kind of impossible. I am almost guaranteeing you that there is, a, there is an Earth just like ours with maybe not the same kind of people somewhere way out there. A bit more intelligent? I would hope so. Uh. I would hope so. <laughs> No, I, I prefer a, a dumber class of uh, aliens. Why, just looking at ourselves look better? <laughs> oh, That's my right. God. Like, I, we, we're so. not as dumb as those uh, Earth <laughs> 2 people. Holy <laughs> mackerel. We're not. I just found something. Oh, no, at? we're not? Okay. Cool. Science beat Kim Kardashian's ass. Uh-huh. Hold on. So I found this article. I guess more Google. Yes, oh, I found uh-huh. to another Google hole. We gotta find something else in Kim Kardashian. To bring in <laughs> well, it's it's, it's the, really like the two biggest news stories this week. Yeah, yeah. And one seemed to be kind of over, overshadowed by something majorly scientific, and then the other one, a porn star's fuck tape. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So the amount of tweets for the comet landing slapped the shit out of Kim's ass. That's a quote well, from the like article. <laughs> um. Nudity. Yeah. Let me just stress how remarkable this is. Nudity lost to science on the internet. That literally never happens. And Kim Kardashian (laughs) went full frontal, too. So, and people were still more interested in a 12 year old space program that dropped a robot on a moving comet. Because every. Fuck yeah! Because at this point, almost everybody has seen Kim Kardashian's ass. That's true. It's not every day you get to hear about a washing machine landed on a rock. By the way, I just want to state for the record, I am always now going to think of this lander as a washing machine, and I kind of have the image of, like, Predator doing his laundry right now on a comet. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm sorry. It's stuck Predator is more high class than that. He's a grade 8 hunter. He always gets the best in trophies. He's, He's still a- got to wash his underwear. He's got a lodge somewhere on a nice jungle planet with like a log cabin and all yeah, the skulls all stuffed up. Yeah, but he's traveling. Uh, you got to stop and do laundry on the way home. I don't see him. He doesn't really I see him. the robot chicken robot humping the washing machine. Oh, uh, that's a good image. <laughs> right now, there's some psychotic robot banging the crap out of that washing machine probe. <laughs> that's why it's probe really... this. <laughs> yeah. I'm coming back. It's going to every... come back online and be like, we can't see and shit. Every six years, I'm coming Get back to this place. Get the windshield wipers going. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Yep. Ain't no party like a wash machine party. What? What? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I would say. Any final thoughts on the on the subtopic? Yay, science! All right, Doctor Gray. I, I'm going to go with Erica. Yay, science! All right, all right, Ed. Okay. I'm, I'm okay with you. Seem, right, let's move on. You seem kind of indifferent about the whole no, thing. How you come? don't care. It's a washing machine. How come? <laughs> it's not that exciting. What? Okay, so I thought well, she was going to talk about Kim Garcia and Ant's ass. I, I actually you think, hoped I would talk about Kim I Garcia honestly do ass. think, you know what, like, Ed brings up a valid point in his animosity towards the subject. Because I do feel like that animosity is what kind of goes through more people than not. Because it's like, this really does not affect Ed in any way, shape, or form, his life is is still the same tomorrow, the day after well, yeah, that. My life is still the same, but I still think it's pretty fucking cool. I think it's cool we as well. That. And I'm saying, like, but that's, and I'm sorry, and I'm using you as an example. Sure, I'm your punching bag. Go ahead. No, no, I mean, like, the, that, that attitude. <laughs> Ed, you're everybody's punching bag. That's why we love Apparently, him. Apparently. It's yeah. that that animosity, not, not your animosity, but yeah. you actually, believe it or not, are helping the conversation along in your animosity because it's not about talking you into you should be excited about this but it's more of you know here's five people yeah four of us are like this is awesome you the one person not you but you the collective you yeah is kind of like yeah big deal yeah you know and i think that that there's more of you out there than more of us Mm-hmm. That the minority mm-hmm. is the ones who are making the decisions on about our space exploration because we don't have enough of the other side going, no, 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 this is important. And this is how it goes. Like, knowing this, we now can now do mm-hmm. this and we can now do that. Like, in my opinion, this, if we, as because I'm a sci fi nut mm-hmm. and like to think huge apocalyptic scopes, if we can break down this matter, as well as our DNA matter, fucking cloning. Like, we can find out the building blocks to our being. We can now use that information to help clone livers or pancreases or lungs. This could help us heal the planet on a wider scale. I'm hopeful. Granted, it'll probably just come down to more dick and fart jokes. But, I mean, <laughs> it's, just, it's just one of those things where, like, my my vision of the future is always hopeful. Yeah. But the, my my heart is also a realist and knowing as much as I want it to be Star Trek, yeah. it'll be more like, you know, Star-Lord. You know, like, it'll... <laughs> Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> it'll be more like... like I want I want us to get off the planet. I want to be one of those guys. And I don't I care. Saying, if, 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 it, if they said, hey, you know, we landed this washing machine on a comet. We found out the genetic, you know, like right away they they think we can fire now like a Genesis torpedo from Star Trek onto the moon oh, and create Earth 2 where we now we can Genesis like families and, and life up there and they can live a normal life. Like fucking wow. Like my mind's blown. Like that's awesome. It's like, yeah, we landed this washing machine on the on this comet. That's impressive. I, well, yeah, yeah you're very great for you guys. You, you got to learn to crawl before you can walk. It's like, and? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what yeah, else you got? I'm not impressed. Rock, <laughs> washing machine, 
Was there life I'm on it? I'm desensitized <laughs> by television. I mean, you gotta help me out here. Was there life on it? Well, yeah, microscopic. No, no, no. Get back to me when they talk to us. Until <laughs> then, I don't care. Can I fuck it? Yeah. Can I eat it? Nope. It ain't for me. It ain't for me. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough, Ed. We gotta get off the planet. Uh, and I'm sorry, Doctor. Who? That's exactly. I completely. <laughs> Doctor Gray was easy to remember because I had the Fifty Shades of Gray joke yeah. in my head. Dennis Terry. Dennis Terry. Yeah. Terry. Terry. So Doctor Terry. Yes. Okay. That's what, me. What is your final thoughts on that? Um. Basically, I look at it as. Oh God, this is. This sounds so cheesy. Someone said this before. This is one small step for a man. Um. One. Yeah. Giant one giant washing leaf. machine for there dry cleaners. <laughs> We're just going to have a clean space, get it? Um, I look at it as a stepping stone because we've got to get off the planet eventually. Um, and in addition to comets, we're also looking at things like asteroids. What can we make use of out there in the solar system? Comets, perhaps, are just going to be a raw material that we can use mm-hmm. with all the frozen water. Asteroids, the metals that we're going to need. Uh, we've put things back up on the moon. We've crashed probes into craters looking for water because if we're going to build a base on the moon, I have something to drink. You know, there is one final question I've been dying mm. to ask because we have two professionals uh, in here. I've never been accused of being a professional. I'm going to talk about global warming just for a second. Crap. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, now I'm not. I'm neither for nor against it. Okay. Okay. I just, oh, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. There's a stance on this. You're not going to take a side. No, no, no. I, I, I've always been I'm curious. Like, like, I understand that there's global warming. I like tropical temperatures. I, I, I like global warming. You know, <laughs> I'm willing to say, you know what? I understand the concept of global warming. I don't. I find it hard to believe that we're the cause. Because when we're looking at it from our life... See, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you're getting charged because I would like a definitive scientific rationale because because my hypothesis science on my hypothesis is is that the earth has been around longer than we have been able to track it so how do we know that this pocket of warmness that we keep saying that we're having because of global warming hasn't happened a hundred thousand years ago or a hundred million years ago because i don't feel like we have enough time invested to prove that theory how long does this show go for we're technically on until 9 o'clock. What time is it now? It's, it's quarter after 8. It's quarter after 8. How long do you want me to talk? Just keep going. Yeah, just All right. give, me, give me your your if uh, like your student, the dumbest okay. student. Okay. You ready? Here yes. we go. Global. Mm. Think of it as global change. Don't think of it as global warming. And the reason I say this is because right now the earth is getting hot, but that's what it does whenever it's not getting cold. Sure. It cycles back and forth. And so the big question, the way I try to relay this to my students, is right now the planet is getting warmer. Why? That's the big question. Now, me, personally, I, and this is, I'm still learning, just as every other Earth scientist is on this right now, I'm very curious as to how much of what we call global warming is our effect, how much is due to us. We have just reached a big milestone of putting 400 parts per million of carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. CO2 is a greenhouse gas. Now then, another question for you. How much is due to us? How much is due to natural background variation? And the reason I say this is I'm not out there saying, oh, global warming, you can go poop in your bed and dump oil wherever you want to and burn whatever. No, that's not what I'm saying. 
Right. What I'm saying is we're still learning about the feedback mechanisms of what the planet normally does through its life cycle. There are times in the geological past where it's been as hot, if not a bit hotter than what it is now. And so this whole idea of global warming, this is going to sound very odd, but one of the things we do is we look into the past geological record of this planet to see where we've been. Because if we understand where we've been, we can understand where we're going without us being around to monkey stuff up. Gotcha. So, um, and the only reason I'm sort of kind of hyping on this is that's because that's what I do as a scientist. I study paleoclimatology, looking at the geological, paleontological record of the planet, figuring out, you know, how did things change? How fast did they change? How is this record recorded? What is the fidelity of paleoclimatic signals? You're this packing this show with 25 cents where it's like a motherfucker. Dude. <laughs> 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 because I didn't understand that either. That all just so, sounded impressive. And I'm like... Oh, I was blown away. But let's, <laughs> let's think about this for a second. The planet's changing. It's warming up. Glaciers are melting. Cats and dogs living together. Mass hysteria. <laughs> okay, there we go. Very good. Got a bunch of nerds. Um, <laughs> the shape of the planet's orbit changes. The tilt of our planet towards the sun changes. It does so on a periodicity. Back and forth between a more circular orbit to a more elliptical orbit. That changes the amount of radiation that makes it to the planet. Glaciers melt. Glaciers grow. There's natural background variation in the climate signals of this planet. And, and I want to make sure my fifth grade education mm-hmm. is still... Pre- All that you just said is one of the reasons why we have seasons. Actually, yeah. On the very small scale, yearly, that's why we have seasons. Because the face of the Earth, which is more directly into the sun, changes as we go around that big ball of plasma. And right now, we're getting to the phase where the northern hemisphere is more tilted away see i'm kind of holding my own yeah Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) it's not too bad yeah see (laughs) so now to go back to kind of like the the, i guess i guess i'm always i always find the arrogance of man will always be our downfall Mm -hmm. that i think that the arrogance of man thinking that we are so full of ourselves that what we do affects a planet that's been around way longer than us and that when the earth is ready, it'll get rid of us. So that's why I think that when people sit there and say, well, you know, like, we might have a little bit of, a, of an effect to it. But I think in the overall from the four, how many, how many billions of years has the earth been around? 4.6. Okay. Or Ver- 6,000 years, depending on who. Versus the, what, two, 300,000 years that we've, um, like, I'm going to round it up to a million years we've been on earth. Million and a half. Well, okay. 1.5 to 2 in a homo-esque form. Okay. And then the science of that has only been maybe 100 years. Geology is a science is only about 200, 250 years old. Okay. So 200 years versus 4.6 billion years. Mm-hmm. Then I don't feel like there's enough science there. To kind of be able to sit there and say, yeah, you know what? We are the problem. Well, there is one other thing I would add, though. Okay. We know that the planet changes on normal background rates and variability. Um, over the past several decades, we have seen things which appear to be above the norm in the rates of normal change. Um, the Over the past 10 years, for example, we've had like the nine hottest summers on record, for example. I don't know the exact statistics. But the rate at things, the way they're changing... Is above normal, if you will. It's it's faster than the rate that we should be seeing if it was just a planet doing what the planet's doing. All right. So. I could buy that as an answer. It's kind of like, <laughs> hey, you know, we're not sure. We've noticed some things, but we can't. It's neither confirming nor denying that we're the problem. 
But I mean, it's also one of those things to where, again, it doesn't mean, hey, go out and dump oil down I the drain. I completely agree. So. Just because, you know, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Mm-hmm. It's that, that old adage, you know. I'm just saying, you know what? I'm willing to, you know, just let's just be plausible that maybe our arrogance should just take a step back. What's man versus nature? We're winning the battle. And for now. For now. I just think Mother Nature is just kind of, it's, it's like, you know how have you ever seen those nature films where the little cubs jump on the lioness and they swat her and they beat her up and they're like, yeah, 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 we're badass. And all of a sudden mom's got to tear ass a couple times. I think we're the cubs. Mother Earth is the lioness. And sooner or later she'll be tired of her shit and go, you know what? I'm going to put you guys in your corner for just a minute. You guys need a timeout. That's, you look stunned. (laughs) As Jeff Goldblum says, nature finds a way. Speaking of, my sister's scorpion is having babies. Immaculate conception because <laughs> they, she only has the one. and But their gestation period has been a long time. So uh, she figures she might have gotten pregnant before they bought her. And it's been like nine months. So, I mean, like in the ge- like it just started having the eggs. I'm uh, sorry, just a little science thing. It's like, <laughs> what's that got to do with rocks and washing machines? Nature found a way because my sister didn't see the actual sex act. So as far as she was concerned, it was a big shock when she looked at her scorpion and saw these little eggs. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm thinking about your sister going, yeah, get that. <laughs> get it. Yeah. I was like, my sister was like, you'll never guess my scorpion's having babies. I'm like, congratulations. She's like, I don't know how that happened. Immaculate conception. I'm like, you don't want to say that. Like, all of a sudden, there's like a little, you know, a little, <laughs> a little scorpion walking the desert. You know, <laughs> having like little sermons on top of a hill, you know. What kind of scorpion does she have? I don't know. You had to ask my sister. Oh, I, your sister. Yeah. Like, we gotta, hold, hold on, everybody. Hold on. Hundreds of thousands of people. Tens of thousands okay, of people. Listen to um, Scorpio <laughs> gestation periods vary from several months to a year and a half, depending on the species. And the brood will consist of 24 to 35 young. Yeah. So your sister's going to have fun with that. Yeah, I called her grandma. She was like, thanks. <laughs> anyway, so let's wrap this up. Again, I'd like to thank both doctors. Doctor? For, who? Doctor. Doctor? Doctor? Doctor. Doctor? Doctor. Yeah, that's it. Dr. Gray, well, where will you be appearing next? What? <laughs> <laughs> He's like napping. <laughs> where? Well, I, by the way, I do want to thank Richard for coming on. He's sick. Yes. So that's... Thank you. I, I owe you one. When you wake up, this will all be a dream. Some hallucination. <laughs> Or a nightmare, depending on you. Yeah, like so, um, Doctor Gray, where like um, anything you want to plug? Like I, I don't know. I'll never really know how to wrap these things up. <laughs> uh, no, okay. Like, hey, yeah, I watched The Flash. It's an awesome show. Go plug that. You know. All right. Well, a bottle of Nyquil. All right. Well. Thank you again for coming on, and we Thank hope you. you. We wish you, we here at Geeksters wish you speedy recovery. Well, you know, and tell everyone I said hi. I will. All right. Thank you. Thank you. And I guess Doctor Terry. Yes, thank, thank Dr. Terry here. Well, you, yeah. you, you thank Dr. Gray. Uh, well, I, thank I didn't him. figure yeah, he's here. Well, I like the guy on the phone said, <laughs> I gotta thank him. <laughs> this guy who's here, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Let's just go well, with the music break down. I like, say, it's okay, I'm good. I'm it's good. one of those things where like someone else can jump in. I mean, it's okay. Eric. Is, you know, yeah, it's Eric's bag. You know? Yeah, we've yeah, known yeah. each other for at least, what, a couple months. 
<laughs> I'm like, get in there. To do your job. I'm good. Are you, you're Today. Te- so where are you teaching at? A university in Philadelphia that should not be named. Oh, boy. <laughs> he who yeah. shall not be named. No. <laughs> All right. Well, I was going to say, you'll plug his course. Take him. No. It seems to be. Look, I'm going to say it this way. Your teaching skills are excellent because I felt like I actually learned something. Well, thank you. I, I mean, I can tell you this. I, I, I was privileged enough to fly out to South Dakota for their wedding, him and Patty's. And it was a beautiful ceremony. But then, like, we actually went through Badlands National Park together. And he was basically teaching a class. I was like, oh, my God, this is awesome. I'm just saying. So like, I learned it stuff out there. I I've, I've lear- I learned something today, Ed. I'm just saying. Like, I, mean, I, I'm just, I distinctly remember him talking about um, ancient floodplains and how the soil in this one area of the, the park was very prone to, f- prone to flash floods. I that, remember. I remember that. That that's fascinating. But we need to take a break, Erica. It was <laughs> I'm just saying. Like that's how good this guy. You know is. what? Let's take a break. Yeah. Come back. Do some releases of the week in nerd news. How's that sound? That sounds fine. All right. All right. Thank you all for being on the show. And we'll, we'll get back. back to you in a second. Well, in a few minutes. Riveting, wasn't it, folks? Yep. So uh, that was that. Um, like I said, I learned a couple things. I think it was apparent in the episode. Um. I think Ed learned a couple things as well. I learned nothing. Because <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> if I wasn't paying attention, I would have learned something. But I didn't learn anything because I didn't pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good to know. Um, but we'd like to thank those two for coming on the show. Yes. Maybe they'll come back again despite your apathy. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they come back. They were very interesting people. Yeah. I don't know if I could do like a, hey, we're all hanging out for dinner. Do you want to come over? I feel like... I'd be good for like about an hour, and then by the end, I'd just be like, Dyer Sean know how to walk good. I've been edumacated. Why does sun rise in the east and set in the west? Why is there snow? Why do my balls smell like onions? <laughs> I would love to hear you answer that question to the doctors. Let's see, see what their answers were. Why is the earth round? Why does sun set? Where does sun go? Why is there man on moon and why does he always look happy? So, yeah. But um, so yeah. Every once in a while, we uh, pull out the uh, smart cap and try to talk physics and astrophysics and geology and space. We get experts for that. Yeah, because I'm too busy making dick of fart jokes. My time is way too consumed by that. The natural and education. <laughs> <laughs> However, if you want to get just a scotch smarter, tell your friends that you listen to this fine program. <laughs> and you can listen to it every Sunday night from about 6 to about 9.30ish, maybe a little later, Eastern Standard Time, on these fine stations, AquanetRadio.com, iTunes Radio, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. Just search for Aquanet Radio on those apps. Don't forget, 
to go to Facebook and type in Geeksters Radio in the search engine, and you'll see our Geeksters Facebook page. Hit that little button that says like, and then share it with all your friends. Or you can go to Twitter and follow us there at, at Geeksters, or Instagram at, at Geeksters Radio. But in the meantime, if you want to talk to, you can also go to our Facebook page, worth, I mean, not Facebook page, our webpage, wordswithgeeks.com, and iTunes to download past, present, and future episodes. Yes. Or tell your friends about it because apparently you did that because you're listening to this, this right now. Again, I'm never, I should really talk to the doctors about that going, why do I keep saying that? Because if you're listening to it now, you know where you got it. So tell your friends. Oh, so now I'm talking like William Shatner. <laughs> but if you want to contact Sean and ask him why he's talking like William Shatner, you can contact him at Sean at wordswithgeeks.com. Or if you want to contact Ed and tell him that was a bad segue, you can contact him at Ed at wordswithgeeks.com. <laughs> or if you can tell him how crazy the both of us are, you can contact Eric at Eric at wordswithgeeks.com. And that's that, Eric with a K. Waka waka. <laughs> as in waka waka. So uh, tune in for part three where we give you nerd news. What it would it be like if Matthew McConaughey was actually part of a Star Wars movie? And Sean's personal opinion on uh, casting rumors for Harley Quinn. Ah. So we'll see you in part three, folks. Did something funny happen? Yeah. You'd never know it. <laughs> <laughs>